Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Shine football fans, welcome to Morning Footy. Hey, we apologize for the late start this morning, Wait, but uh, it's not daylight savings time. Yeah, I know, I know, and yeah, it's I'm, Footy Kit Friday too. I should have never yanked those wires. <laughs> Lexus was sabotaging. I was just like, what is this? <laughs> the entire operation yeah. like, knew it. So before we dive into some soccer, we um, it's a special day for our good friend yes. Charlie Davies, who is being inducted into the Boston College Hall of Fame today. Congratulations, Chuck. They just let anybody into this Hall of Fame, huh? (laughs) Say that again? They just let anybody into this Hall of Fame. Yeah, apparently it's it's just you've got to wait it out. They don't even vote. Mm -hmm. Once you get a couple years out of college, they're like, you're in, kid. I heard if you're on Morning Footy a lot, you get to UCLA. So I'm here. This is a huge honor for him. Remember, we were were here when he found out about it. Mm -hmm. It was really dope. Yeah, yeah that's no, really happy for it, him. a very special day for Chuck. He's been what a week for him. He's been in Disney World and now he's getting inducted into his College Hall of I Fame. Have a very difficult question. Who yeah. do you think had more fun at Disney, Charlie's kids or Charlie? Charlie, 100% <laughs> Charlie. Charlie. It's 100%. Charlie. 100%. Did you, you know see why? Because Charlie is a kid, but also enjoys seeing his kids have fun. And his kids are probably like, Dad, get off the ride. We want to do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't go in the teacups anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I had FOMO all week, all week. Um, all right, guys, let's uh, transition into uh, one of the matches from yesterday. The U.S. women's national team taking on Colombia in Sandy, Utah, in an international friendly. Let's get into the highlights. And highlights there, for this I game? know. Well, that's I was just going to say not. Not many, but had some, had some chances. I think no, overall really this, is a, this is a non-penalty, so the fact that uh, Alex Morgan missed it, probably fair on the balance, all things considered. After uh, some subs were made in the second half, I think things livened up a bit. Ashley Hatch comes in in the ninth spot for Alex. And they played a little bit more direct the U.S. at that point, but if that's the best attacking sequence that we can show you, that pretty much is an indication of how the whole game went. Yeah, yeah that's the most we could find. That's the that's it. Here's a look at the uh, the match by the numbers. Um, just not again, like you said, Jimmy. It was just kind of a an underwhelming performance, I think, on the whole. It was very cool to see Becky Sauerbrunn come in yeah. later in the game. That was that was really really great to have her back. Um, in the lineup, are, are you, outside of that, I'm struggling. You seem like you're grasping for I am, positives. I'm, I am. 
I was just, I was very, I was uninspired by this. And I, I know it's a friendly. I know there's there's not a, t- a lot to play for. But because it's a friendly, why wouldn't you take some risks with yeah. the starting 11? I look at the starting 11, and it looks very similar to what we saw in the World Cup. We know what we got at the World Cup. Why not take this opportunity to try some new players, some younger players? Mm-hmm. When Trinity Rodman is your only real young player out there trying to pull the strings, make the magic happen, okay, that's one. I know she Sophia Smith, in fairness, in, Sophia Smith is coming back from a, a knee injury, yes. so I can understand why she didn't start. But why not take advantage of this opportunity? You're going to play Colombia twice over four or five days. Maybe we'll see some changes in the second game, but it just wasn't very imaginative, uh, inspiring in some ways, and the play reflected that. And, and I don't know, to, to borrow a phrase from our friend Taylor, what are we doing? What are we doing with this friendly? I know that's trademarked by him. I'm sure he's got T-shirts he's selling for that. But I don't understand why we're not taking advantage of this opportunity, especially because the Olympics are less than a year out. Okay, Two outside things. of Oh, no, go ahead. I, I was going to say two results for yeah. this match for me. One, I'm done with the search. Bring in a coach. Oh, I don't yeah. want to see this anymore. <clears throat> We're done. I don't want to see what Vlaco did. I don't want to see what Twyla's doing. Bringing somebody else can be something fresh. Second thing, I'm starting to get a little worried about Alex Morgan. It's now 10 games. She hasn't scored. It's been almost nine right. months. She missed a penalty kick at the World Cup. Missed a penalty kick yesterday. That, and that was a, triggering. And missed the one, the, the bounce back, the, 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 re, the rebound, if you will. Okay, yeah, Alex Morgan's definitely part of this. And, and 10 games without scoring. 100%. About. I think that she'd almost be better as a second striker. Uh, uh, maybe even a number 10 under Sophia Smith, you, underneath what about the, that, that's That's like cramming her into the lineup. What about national team without Alex Morgan as starting lineup? I, I think we look a little bit more dynamic and, and in some ways hungry. No, no disrespect to Alex Morgan. She's an incredible professional and her career is second that, to none. That goes without saying. Of course. I just want to make sure that's said because then we'll get some, some pushback. But don't worry. They're going to edit that out. <laughs> yes, we <laughs> yeah, appreciate that. But But... What actually troubles me more is the fact that we lack an identity in the final third of the, of the field. And we did it at the World Cup, and I saw it again last night. It feels very individual-based. Okay, Trinity Rodman's going to pull some move. It's going to make she some... She not Megan in the 16th I get minute. It. And She's I love good. that about her, but it's still, let's see what Trinity does. And that's going to lead to an opportunity. Okay, let's see if Lynn Williams can make something happen on the, on the outside. There's no real pattern of play. I don't see any ideas. And when I think about what happened in the World Cup, Vlako Andonovsky is known for being a defensive coach. We gave up, what, four shots on goal the whole tournament? So we got it locked down on that side. And again, it was evident against a pretty talented <laughs> Colombia team last night. But we don't have any ideas going forward, no. though we have the talent to have ideas. And that's what frustrates me, that I don't think we have the right collection of players on the field. You have Emily Sonnet and, and Andy Sullivan holding down the midfield. They're good hard workers. They, they'll keep the ball moving, but are they going to make that line-breaking pass that's going to unlock the defense? I just don't see it, and I feel like we can supplant one of those to, to put in somebody else that has more of that. Anyway, I'm going off right yeah, now. I, I'm yeah. just frustrated because I know this, this team is talented and, and capable of so much more than yeah. what we've seen. It's worrisome because there's really no direction. The team is predictable, boring, uninspiring when it has all the tools to be one of the most exciting teams Super in the world. Super dynamic. Um, and it's not, and there's no head coach. I don't know if they're close to finding a head coach, but those answers need to be answered 
sooner than later. Hey, I'm ready. If anybody wants to give me the job. Hey, uh, Jimmy go. Conrad, throw your hat in the ring, I am sir. In the ring. How Why about we not? all do it? Four head coaches. <laughs> a co- well, the coaching committee. They've <laughs> yeah. done that. There's a precedent for I was that. Like two I brothers, like morning footy two brothers should take over a team. <laughs> There's got to be a team here somewhere in the state. We've got to save footy. ourselves from relegation. Nico, the question, do you think? Too soon. Good bit. Good Lord. Those... Those issues that you mentioned, do you think some of those would be rectified by appointing a head coach and kind of having a direction and starting to create an identity under a new regime? Absolutely. This and team as soon needs as an possible. Identity. As soon as possible. There's tournaments coming up. We've got Gold Cup coming up. Olympics are around the corner. It's nonstop. Yeah. We need to start figuring it out now because what we're seeing is, like you said, an extension of the World Cup. It was boring then. It's boring now. It's, la- it's lacking ideas. I need something. Huh. Well, guess what? They play again on Sunday, so we'll see. Hopefully some changes will be made. Um, we'll, keep all, we'll keep the fingers crossed. All right, guys, we're going to take a break. Chris Whittingham is going to be back with some headlines when we return. Stay with us. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Uh, Okay, so Dortmund may have beat Newcastle, but uh, they ain't winning in life when you get pulled over and get a ticket. The bus got a ticket. How can you do that? Like, you got it. Wait, come on, guy. Guy's, guy's a Newcastle fan. He was like, oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? You guys think you're going to get the better of us? No. Yeah. How much do you think that ticket was? There are rules, Suze. Imagine They weren't following the rules. <laughs> Imagine they booted it. They booted the, 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 the bus. That'd be hilarious. But, <laughs> Dortmund players had to walk home. What, do you think, but what was the ticket for, do you think? It was, it was probably for illegal parking. Parking? parking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like eight ticket. spots. It's a bus. It's right. got Dortmund on the side. Like, come on. I don't know. I, that's a weird one to me. Witty, what do you think? What are your without, thoughts? Without laws, there is chaos. Susanna, without, <laughs> we have to maintain the rules of our society. Can you also imagine, like, feeding the meter for eight, like, spaces? You take up eight spaces. Like, you get on the pay-by-mobile app. You just pop your hands Like, pay-by-mobile you know? app and, like, have to do it eight times. They're not staying there that they long. They should have parked it the right way and then just blocked the whole road. <laughs> Says I the also, girl who has, I literally accumulated so many parking tickets in college, I can't even tell you. I remember really? my parents like found them all in like the backseat of my car and they're like, <laughs> um, you know you have to pay these. And I was like, I thought it was optional. I also, I never understood marked vans for like, particularly if you're an away team, like going, like you're just basically saying throw things at this bus. Yeah. <laughs> just like go around town in an unmarked bus. But did they drive it from Germany all the way to Newcastle? How did that bus Maybe it's a fan bus. Set? The no, bus why would it be there, to though? the airport? Strange. They just attach wings to the bus. Well, I'll explain it <laughs> it's Someone a that's actually, it's an That's actually a Spirit seat. Airlines plane with the wings removed. 
Fifty dollars extra for your carry. Not allowed to use the bathroom. That is quite oversized luggage. Oh, Chris. Give us some headlines, please. All right, let's start with breaking news from England, where Arsenal manager Mikel Arteta has revealed that Brazilian striker Gabriel Jesus could be sidelined for several weeks after scans confirmed a muscle injury he suffered during Arsenal's Champions League win against Sevilla. Arteta said, quote, we might lose him for a few weeks with Gabby. I cannot give you any time frame because he always surprises us. Jesus was forced out of the Sevilla win with a hamstring injury after his goal and assist performance, but now Arsenal could be without their starting striker for the foreseeable future and an upcoming schedule that includes a visit to Newcastle on November the 4th. Hopefully no parking tickets for him as well. Another breaking Premier League news this morning. Sandra Tonali was hit with a 10-month ban by the Italian Football Federation yesterday for illegal gambling, but that may not prevent him from playing this weekend. Eddie Howe spoke to the media this morning and confirmed that Newcastle has yet to be officially informed of the suspension, meaning he is still available for selection. Take a listen. Well, it's a difficult one, Razor, because we haven't had official confirmation as a, as a football club yet. So we're, we've heard the news, sort of the speculation um, statement, but we haven't had anything from the Italian authorities at the moment. So we're sort of in limbo, really, waiting for that official confirmation to come through. Those the thoughts of the Newcastle manager, Eddie Howe. Tonali was banned after admitting to illegally gambling on soccer games, including AC Milan matches, while he was still a Milan player. The ban is set to run through the rest of the current season, but according to Sky Italia, the suspension still needs to be rubber-stamped by Italian authorities. Staying in England, Manchester United is still basking in the glow of their dramatic UEFA Champions League win against FC Copenhagen, but they're dealing with some controversy in the aftermath. Penalty Kakira Andre Onana is defending teammate Alejandro Garnacho amid criticism aimed at the Argentine striker after he posted a picture of Onana with two gorilla emojis. Following Onana's game-saving penalty kick stop, the post was deleted shortly after it went live once Garnacho was made aware of the racist connotations of the post. Onana addressed the matter on social media, posting a message that said, quote, People cannot choose what I should be offended by. I know exactly what Garnacho meant. Power and strength. The matter should go no further. In Germany, we have some breaking news with Bayern Munich manager Thomas Tuchel confirming that Manuel Neuer will make his season debut in Bayern's Bundesliga match against Darmstadt tomorrow. Neuer will be playing in his first match since the 2022 World Cup after recovering from injuries suffered in a serious skiing accident, accident that left Neuer with a broken leg. The 37-year-old World Cup winner returns to a Bayern side currently sitting in third place in the Bundesliga and sporting a perfect 3-0 record in Champions League group play. In MLS news, the finalists for Major League Soccer's regular season awards were announced yesterday, and Lionel Messi is in the running for an award despite playing just six regular season league matches. Messi is the finalist for the MLS Newcomer of the Year award, along with Atlanta United's Yorgos Yakimakis and St. Louis City's Eduard Leuven. MLS awards are supposed to be based on regular season performances, but voters still nominated Messi despite his minimal league contributions of one goal and two assists in six regular season matches. One award Messi isn't in the running for is MLS MVP with FC Cincinnati playmaker Luciano Acosta, the favorite to win, and Messi's World Cup teammate and Atlanta United star Thiago Almada joining MLS Golden Boot winner Denny Buwanga as the other finalist. Susanna, Messi being up for a season award <laughs> seems a bit crazy considering how few league matches he's played, but I've heard some compelling arguments for the Newcomer of the Year nomination. Are you buying those, or do you think the voters got this one wrong? Do you know what? We had an interesting conversation in our production meeting about this because, yes, these awards, technically, they are supposed to be based solely on 
play in MLS no, regular season. Explicitly, season. Yes. the league explicitly says that U.S. Open Cup, yes. League's Cup, you, anything you, else should not be considered. Not be considered. However, however, since his arrival hmm. this summer, Messi has been the story. And how you cannot forget this incredible run of form that he had in League's Cup and all of the goals that were scored. I mean, like, I think you said it, Witty, when we think back about this 2023 season and who sort of made the biggest splash upon entry, it's going to be Leo Messi. Like, that's – and so I, I – Totally, I understand the arguments for it. I think it's I think it's kind of funny that he's up for MLS Newcomer of the Year. I myself voted for Giacomakis of uh, Atlanta United, but I, I can see the arguments for, for Messi. You know, it's fun. I don't know. Guy's name is Messi. Yeah. That's it. You Just see won that the World Cup. You see that on a on a list. You're not gonna check out, check it off. It's ridiculous. It's Apparently tempting. he's gonna win his eighth ball on door. You gonna leave him off the awards list? I mean, I get it. I get it. Imagine he wins Ballon d'Or, but not new newcomer of the year. That'd but be kind of ridiculous. It would have been kind of cooler if he got left off. Like, It'd be even we, we respect Leo Messi, but you didn't do enough. Do you feel in the like that would have been a flex by uh, MLS to be like, like? Yes, it would have been a flex, and I think they probably would have been respected a little bit more had they left him off. I'd rather see That's him win the Landon Donovan MVP award. <laughs> That's what I would rather watch him. Watch that him. should go to Lucho Acosta, by the way. Yeah. You're, you're oh, the best easy. player on the best team. 100%. It should be a slam. We're all in agreement. I think, on that yeah, one. yeah. I don't yeah. think there's a the question. I feel like he's probably going to run away with it. Yeah. <laughs> Messi will win it next year. It's okay. Yeah. Right. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. It's a tall task. Someone has to explain to him who Landon Donovan is. <laughs> no, I think he knows. <laughs> it's a joke, man. <laughs> wow. I'm giving you tickets oh, on purpose. I, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. um, all right, guys, we are going to take a break. Peter Schmeichel is going to join us on the other side to chat um, the Manchester Derby that we have this weekend. Stick around. We'll be right back. On Sunday, the Manchester Derby, Manchester United hosting Manchester City at Old Trafford, 11.30 a.m. Eastern on Peacock. And uh, who better to bring in to chat this Derby than the one and only Peter Schmeichel. Hello, Peter. How are you this morning? Hi, Susanna. How are you? Um, I'm good. I, you, have, you took some issue with, uh, with Nico's kit this morning. Can you tell us what he promised you and that he did not deliver on? Well, well, since we started to work together, uh, he's promised me every time that I am on, he's going to wear a Man United shirt. And then he comes up with a silly thing saying, why don't you send me one? 
<laughs> responsibility. You promised, man. Yeah, sorry, mate. They told me the very last minute that you're going to be on the show. I've got my Manchester United kids back in Miami. Oh, got to bring one for next time. Next sure. time, I, I promise. It's a great excuse. Yeah. Great excuse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dog ate my Manchester United. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, well, let's chat about this big match this weekend on Sunday, the Manchester Derby. Obviously, a match that you are incredibly familiar with, personal connections. Mm. You've played in them before. Um, but for this Manchester United team, a, a must-win midweek for them in, in Champions League. I, wanna, I just want to ask you how you are feeling personally uh, heading into this weekend. Well, I, 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 if I'm completely honest, having sat through you know, the last couple of games, uh, especially first half on Tuesday, thinking ahead to Sunday that I'm going to be there again at Old Trafford watching the derby and it would be Manchester United, not FC Copenhagen, uh, a little bit scared, I had to I have to be honest. I, I, I wasn't looking forward to that at all. Of course, with the win, it was a convincing win, a win in the Champions League against FC Copenhagen. Uh, but there were some key moments in that game that are, are very important that you can take into the dressing room the next day, which is going to lift everybody up. So, of course, having scored Harry Maguire, scoring that goal, but more importantly, Onana saving that penalty right in, in, in the last minute. And I mean, Amrabat started the game. He didn't do anything. And then Eriksen came in and, and he was fantastic. He delivered this cross for uh, for Harry Maguire. And, you know, this this is just an absolute, it's a massive, massive moment for Manchester United season. When he saves this ball, a, a lot of a lot of all the criticism, a lot of all the doubt about uh, Andre Onana um, goes away for a little bit because that's a big save. That is important. This is this is what you expect from a Man United goalkeeper to save your team some points, and he did that in the, uh, on that occasion. And of course, for himself, the confidence that he can take into the next game, uh, having known that he he made that incredibly important save, and at the time, and also. For for supporters of Manchester United, people who were at Old Trafford, I I have to say at no point during that game was the noise any higher than them when he saved that. It was very subdued and everybody left upbeat. And that's important. It's important for this Sunday game that there is an atmosphere there where the team feels that they support the team. But I have to say, guys, uh, Man United are up against probably the best team in the world. And uh, I mean, it, we, we thought we thought as, as supporters and, and you know people who know about Manchester United, we thought we were catching up to them. What we did last season, it it hasn't really happened. You know, it's not it's not really there. And uh, the strength of Man City is that they can go away in the Champions League to young boys, and, and literally rest the whole of their defence, so they're ready, fit for. For, for this Saturday game and Man United don't have that luxury. They played every player that they had available uh, in order to beat FC Copenhagen. Now, Peter, Jimmy Conrad here. Last time I saw you, we played together in a charity match. It was called Wembley Cup. You were in goal. I was playing defense. We had JJ, a coach on our team, Robbie Fowler. Fantastic events. I remember making a tackle to save a shot and you gave me a high five. Big thrill for me in particular because I've always been a big fan of you in particular. So, Talk to me now, though, about this derby because you're talking about momentum, and it feels like on the back of three straight wins for Manchester United, there is some. And with the save by Onana, 
But Man City comes in and, as you mentioned, had the chance to rest some players. I feel like City's on the precipice of blowing up and having a big win here. But in this fixture last season, United won 2-1. And I feel like if they can do that again and somehow get another win, no matter what it looks like, it could be the ugliest game of all time, Mm. it can maybe kick them on to get that belief that I think they need to really get the season in gear how do you see this game playing out? And, and do you think United will come out in high press? Or do you think they're going to sit back and absorb like most teams do against Manchester City? Well, well first of all, Jimmy, I'm, I'm still very grateful for that tackle. Ah, thank you very much. I, it meant that I didn't have to dive. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that's a big result for me. Um, I love it. But I, I think everything you said there, it, it, you know, it, it's right. There is some momentum with Manchester United, but that momentum is very fragile. You don't forget that it's a win against Brentford where, you know, they're 1-0 down into the 90th minute. So it's added on time and they managed to win 2-0 only because Scott McTominay came on three minutes before 90. He came on, scored two goals. A player that has been up for sale, he was very close to uh, to joining West Ham. Uh, the clubs couldn't agree. So it's a player that was unwanted in a way uh, at Manchester United. He came on. He's born and bred Manchester United. He's been at the club since he was five years old. He's come on and he's shown all these other players what it means to be a Manchester United player. What's the responsibility of a Manchester United player? So he showed that. He's, of course... Uh, Eric Ten Hag has got to play him now so he does play him and he scores in the next game he's been a little bit unlucky with giving two penalties away he was the one that gave the penalty away on Wednesday Um, but also uh, you know a very narrow win against Sheffield United very unconvincing not not a great uh, preparation for this game against FC Copenhagen and I have to say again probably the first half on, on Tuesday night against FC Copenhagen it's probably some of the worst, uh, one of the worst performances I've seen from a Manchester United team in 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 Europe. We talk about these big, big European nights at Old Trafford, and it didn't materialize. He had to make changes at halftime, and he made those changes. He made one change, and it helped, and it it became better. It was better. But when we talk momentum, it's not like they've been flying into three wins. And, and that, I think that's important to say that. They haven't been flying into three wins. Man City, they haven't been flying either. They, they, uh, they've, when you look at uh, of their last six results, you know, they've they won four in, in the league. They won four and they, um, they've lost two, which is very unusual for Man City. So in the last three, they've lost two and won one. You can say that, uh, like that as well. So it's not, it's not all, you know, brilliant with them. There is a reaction from last season. You understand that. You also know that Pep are playing in new players. Doku is playing instead of Grealish. Grealish was one of the best players last season. So he's changed the team a little bit and he's working on that. So they're not flying in momentum as well, but that their, their options are so much better than, than what Manchester United have. And of course, that is all the sort of the dry statistical analysis of where they are at the moment. But then you have to add into the equation that it is a Manchester derby. Manchester derbies are always special. And you can't always predict the outcome. There has been, if you go back and look at results, there's been some ugly ones for Manchester United in there because of what I've just said, because of, you know, the difference in strength. 
But as you, Jimmy, as you said last last season, the the, the, the fixture at Old Trafford, Manchester United won that, and it was a catalysator for what what was uh, about to happen in in the rest of the season. And that game on Sunday could be one of them as well. You know, they know they've won the three games. They know they haven't played well. Um, so a couple of players, and I'm, I'm very careful not to use injuries as an excuse, but there are a couple of players slowly getting back. That means, for instance, we have a proper left back who played uh, a, was a little bit more than an hour on, on uh, in Reguilong. He, he played more than an hour in, in, in the game on Tuesday where we've kind of been scrambling around, you know, playing players that are not left backs in that position. And it helps when you get players back. It helps in the way the players build up. It helps with so many things. But I don't think that Manchester United come out and press, as you say. I don't think they can. I, I mean, I, I just think that Manchester City are too good. They're too 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 secure on the ball. They 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 can literally do whatever they, they, they want. And they have this incredible patience. Uh, and yes, Gundogan is not there. Kevin De Bruyne is not there, but they still have players who, on their own, can can create something, which makes them so dangerous. Peter, I, I'm, the players are one thing, but especially for United, you you won so much there. You're you're a legend at that club. I want you to do me a favor. Imagine the director of football reached out to you and asked, "What's your assessment of Eric Ten Hag's job?" up until now, just before this derby, what would you say to him? Thank you very much for that question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's, uh, <laughs> it's really a difficult one. because I think it's very, very difficult to judge um, a manager who you have a certain amount of resources and you spend your resources in, in, in whatever way you f- you see fit. But you cannot, you cannot uh, predict injuries and, you know, c- certain off-field uh, situations that uh, they're totally out of his control. And I think when, when, when we saw the progress, progress that was made last season, we're talking about we wanted to finish top four so we could get into the Champions League. We finished third and we had a really good run uh, in in the Premier League. We uh, we had a decent run in the Europa League, but we won, we won one of the Cups. We were in the final of the FA Cup. So that was a lot of progress made in one season. And you think, okay, we're, we're, still, we're still work in progress. So we expect a little bit more coming the next season. Um, <laughs> but then you have... Then you obviously, I, I mentioned the injuries. There are nine first-team players injured. Um, how how do you sort of prepare yourself for that? How can you, I mean, how can you manage that? It's very very difficult. But it's 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 a life as a football manager. It's it's you know what happens in football. But then you have the off-field situations that's taken over so much of the narrative, and the off-field situations are being put to the manager every time. That he has, or he speaks to the media. He has, to, he has to. So, so it's not something he can dismiss and say, "Okay, it's out of my control. This is a club issue. They have to deal with that." He's got to deal with that uh, and, and think about it. And of course, he's losing not to injuries, but you, he's losing players that could do a really good job for the team due to those incidences. I think he's 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 
I think he's done really well. I think he's dealing with what's been thrown at him well. But it's still, we're talking about Manchester United. And when you look at the table, Manchester United are sitting eighth. It, you know, that, that's not great. It's not great. But they're not only sitting eighth. They're sitting eighth and a lot of faith has been lost since since you know the end of last season. So he needs very quickly to get his players back so he can start playing what he considers to be his best eleven. Something that he's been out saying that he's never been he's never been able to field what he considers to be his best eleven. So he needs those players back and um we need certain situations around uh, around the football club resolved and resolved quickly because um, it's it's dragging the football club down it, it's stopping the football club for developing it's it's kind of stops uh, all the good things in their tracks so so a lot of things that needs to happen which is out of Ten Hag's control so he's dealing with really really difficult situations and uh, of course being a Manchester United manager which is Manchester United is the one football club in the whole world that everybody who knows about football will know about. They know their results. They, it, it's not, I mean, Liverpool's a big club. I think most people probably know what happens to Liverpool as well. But for Man City, who's probably the best team in the world at the moment, I don't think everybody knows their results. I don't think everybody knows PSG's results in, in the French league or how, how Real Madrid they're doing in, or Barcelona in, in Spain. But with Manchester United, Everybody knows because good or bad, it's a great story, and people like to talk about that. And he's dealing with that, of course. Um, so, I, I, I mean, I, I'm not one of those guys who would, you know, start advocating for 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 a manager to be sacked because the results are not going in in the right direction. I think that's wrong. I think you stick with the guys you 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 pick to to lead the team. You do your due diligence before you even employ the guy, and then. You know what he what he can do and what he wants to do with the team, and then you support them. And there will be sticky moments in in uh, in every season for you know individually for players, but also for managers. So uh, it's safe to say that he's probably in one of those now, and he will get through that, and he'll come through that very very strong. Peter, I think that was a, a very fair answer, a very fair assessment, and uh, loyalty is is underrated in this sport, I believe. Thank you so much. Thank you so You're much welcome. for uh, taking the time to join us. I hope you can enjoy the match a little bit. I hope you're not too nervous ahead of this one. Just, you know, deep breaths, all of that good energy. You'll be fine. I, don't, I just want to say I had a really, really good moment that sort of six minutes into added on time. And, and I was in the tunnel, so I was the other side of Old Trafford when Onana saved that. But the uh, so you you kind of you kind of try to contain yourself, you know, not put yourself out there. But uh, I've seen some uh, somebody's up filled me. So when he saves it, uh, it it's a that really wasn't good contained. It, <laughs> it was no, but it just confirms so it because sometimes when it's not going the way you want, you can get a little bit sort of you get a little bit flat. On, on your, not loyalties, but your your love for the football club. You can kind of say, oh, I'm getting used to this now. This is how it is. And you kind of sort of, oh, 
it's expected we won't. We will, I mean, a little bit like my, my agent is a Tottenham supporter, and she's like that all the time. I'm sorry to yeah, hear I that. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to lose very soon. Hey, hey, you're leading. Yeah, but we're going to lose very soon. Sometimes you, you get into that. But that moment when I saw that, what whoever filmed me, it was posted somewhere. When I saw that back, eh, it confirmed to myself that I love that football club and I will nice. do anything, anything in my life to to uh, to help and support and be loyal to that football club. What a legend, uh, Peter, Schmeichel, Peter Schmeichel! Thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, we'll check back in with you soon, I'm sure. Um, my pleasure. Take care, everybody. Bye, Peter. Bye, Peter. Peter. All right, we're gonna we're gonna take a break. We're gonna talk more Manchester Derby with Jeff Shreves on the other side. We're also gonna hit some of the other Premier League matches upcoming this weekend. Stick around, guys. We'll be right back.